You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 357 of Podcateers. This week, we go back to what some people call a good old-fashioned hostful episode, where we talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier on Disney+. Plus. Word of warning, someone may have gotten too excited while talking about this and spoiled some stuff from the most recent episode. It was me. Uh, I did it. I, I got a little too excited. Uh, so if you're not caught up just yet, uh, just know that uh, we kind of talk about some pretty big moments in the latest episode. So you may want to catch up uh, unless you don't care about us telling you about it. Then that's a whole different story. Uh, also, Larry gives us a breakdown of his experience at Touch of Disney and his experience getting tickets for Disneyland's reopening. And we hadn't talked about it yet, but we give our thoughts on Disney's proposal to the city of Anaheim called Disneyland Forward. Remember that if you have any thoughts that you'd like to share on anything that we talk about in this episode, we'd love for you to join the conversation over on Discord. You can find an invite link in the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 357. Of course, you can also connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just search for Podcateers. Teamboat Willie is currently holding more auctions to help support the Children's Hospital of Orange County. Please check our Instagram for auction times, dates, and items being auctioned off. For more info on our charity team itself, we invite you to visit teamboatwillie.com for more info. The link is super easy to remember because it's just like Steamboat Willie, but without the S. Before we jump into the episode, I'd like to take a moment to thank a very special group of people known as the FGP Squad, aka our podcast Fairy Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you can get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcasters gear, additional content, uh, have access to giveaways, access to our monthly happy hour calls. If that sounds like something that you're interested in, you can get more information on becoming part of the FGP Squad family by going to podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the members of the FGP Squad for their continued support. Uh, all right, everyone, it's time to do the podcast thing. We appreciate you taking the time to listen. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Here is episode 357 of Podcateers. Uh, well, uh, apparently the weather's heating up because I'm sweating and let's be honest, I don't like to do that. Mm. Uh, it's uncomfortable and it's a constant reminder that summer is coming and I guess that's better than winter coming according to Game of Thrones fans, right? I'm not a Game of Thrones fan, but I've heard that term get thrown around. I haven't seen it. I couldn't speak on it, but um, I'm a fan of winter over summer. But <laughs> yes, I agree. The big guy that I am, but you know, it's I don't know. <laughs> I feel you, dude. I feel you. I'm right there with you. Uh, you know, when it's cold, you can put on a blanket, you can put on a sweater, whatever, right? But mm-hmm. in the summer, you could be in shorts and a tank top, and you could still be super hot. Uh, yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. It's much more difficult. And uh, yeah, not looking forward to it. But you know yeah. what I am looking forward to? At least because there's some kind of light at the end of the tunnel at this point. The fact that Disneyland is reopening. Woohoo! Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I do want to talk about this later on in the episode. But I have to ask you, have you been watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Yes. Yeah, yes. you're keeping up on Absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so I'm kind of angry at myself because uh, I tried to watch it, at least the last episode, and I feel like I'm five or six minutes away from the end of the episode. I'm actually dumb. I should have just texted you and said, hey, I'm going to watch the end before we can talk about it at this point, right? Right. But uh, I got up towards the end because I had to take care of something, and I never went back to finish it, so I'm kind of angry at myself. But, man, the series is getting super heavy, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, there's so much in the story of Captain America and the lore that goes into the super soldiers and the serum. And, you know, you're bringing Isaiah Bradley into the equation. Uh, Larry, I know you're a big Cap fan. Uh, how much do you know about Isaiah? How much do you know about, you know, this story that they're now beginning to tell in this series? You know, I wasn't a... For Isaiah Bradley, I, I really heard his name only a couple times before they bring him into this story. So I wasn't I had to do a little bit of background before it started, as we've mentioned a little bit before we discussed it. And I think like everyone, I didn't know what to expect. And then when now we're in, you know, full on deep into it, you really make this connection with the background of Isaiah and what he was put through. And you just like, you, you're, I don't know about you, but when I watch it, I go, God, you thought Hydra was bad, but this sounds horrific. Mm -hmm. You're in this yeah. terrible place. And even what such is so powerful about how they wrote this for me is how the connection between him and Falcon or Sam is, is on this other level of how, you know, he's, he wants to know more about Isaiah, right? He finds out yeah. more in this episode and you really get that backstory of, you know, how something could turn on you and how the shield itself, like you said, Captain America, is kind of a facade in some ways. And it is a little yeah. bit of a letdown, but at the same time, it's like there's always gaps in any story that, like, if anything that happens, it's not always perfect. And this shows you that flaw in it that they're, they're, they're calling out, and I like it. They're putting it out yeah. there. It's awesome. Yeah, and I think it's really coming at a time in our country where a lot of social injustice issues have really come to light a lot more than any other time. I think, well, not, I, that's unfair to say. Uh, I, they've been around for a really long time. I think some people just turn a blind eye to them a, a lot. But uh, the fact that that is a part of the story and I, they're kind of not steering away from it. You know, I, I really respect Marvel for telling what I mean, honestly, look, super soldiers are not real. Obviously, we know this. <laughs> but, right. You know, Marvel always had a really good track record of talking about the issues and talking about social injustice and talking about how their characters had to live in in society with common issues that the common person would deal with because you know, they still led their life. And we're seeing that with Falcon, right? With Sam and his family having to deal with the boat and all that stuff. Going to the bank. So, yeah, I, I really mm -hmm. feel, yeah, I yeah. mean, I feel like this is so true to life. Mm -hmm. You know, the story that they're telling here, it's really grounded. It's really a down-to-earth story. Yeah, there's a lot of horrible things that you get to see. And like you said, there's a couple things that, you feel let down about when it comes to the shield itself and what it represents and what it should represent and how it represents it and everything. But man, the storytelling in this series, like I thought WandaVision was good. Uh, damn dude. <laughs> yeah. You talk about hitting it hard, you know, like WandaVision is yeah. amazing when you're talking about some of those, uh, morale and questioning uh, reality, AI and questioning what's right and wrong and how you control power right and this one i felt like you were gonna get a lot of that as well but it's in it but then you're getting the other like you're saying the social injustice factor of it mm -hmm. and you know what was interesting if i caught it right isaiah referenced red tails which is a deep pool uh which is on disney plus i believe you can watch that you, he mentions it uh as one of the uh, stories that he was in, that's a World War II story with African-American. If you haven't seen it before, African-American soldiers oh. go out on planes. Uh, I believe I, I haven't watched it like the full thing, but it, he references that story, which you can find on Disney Plus, too. And it's a great movie. Um, so Isaiah makes a tie to that, too, when he's talking to Sam in this episode. And it's, it's really good. I just think for them to call this out. In a way that's telling the story still where it doesn't stray too far away. And like you say, it still comes in line with exactly what his character. It, you don't get too much in the beginning when he first makes his Winter Soldier debut on it, right? And then now when he comes back with the shield, I think it's, there's a very powerful thing when he says, keep that thing, you know, keep it inside of the bag, basically. 
That doesn't mean yeah. a lot. That line right there, you talk about movie presence. That's like a movie. You, you get that tie right there immediately of what you're about to get in the story, the backstory. And let's not even get into the letters. I mean, me and my wife are watching oh. it. Another, re- <laughs> another reference to be like if, you know, you have a significant other, if you, only you can – to take it away from just, you know, any social injustice issue, just take away thinking about being away from your significant other and never getting another correspondence with them that they wrote to you and then they're gone. You know, that's worse than the snap, if you ask me, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a really, really – powerful episode uh by far it's probably the best episode that they've put out for this particular series in my opinion um how how do you all feel about john at this point because you know john walker handed the title of captain america those are not easy shoes to fill it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. how good of a soldier you are you know steve was something special on top of the fact that he had the super serum going through his body how do you all feel about John at this point? Dang. <laughs> There's just so much complication in his story. Like, oh my gosh, as a character, yeah, you want to hate him. But I appreciate the writing that went behind this to bring this character out. Like, it's hard It's hard to watch. I'm going to yeah. say that. It's hard to watch his actions and what he's doing. I get it, but this is like heavy Man, just it gets heavier and heavier. I'm kind of afraid to see what his what's gonna happen next because of what's been happening. I don't want to say anything, but I'm just saying like it, it's kind of growing into a snowball of his like intensity and his anger is just growing and growing and yeah. growing. And it's 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 gonna it's snap intense. and it's gonna blow up. You know more than it already has with the you know the end of the mm-hmm. last episode. Uh, that was nuts. I just realized or learned that he, the actor, Wyatt Russell, is Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son. I didn't know that oh, going into wow. that. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I had nice no idea. Trivia right yeah. there. That, so Dang. I read okay. that somewhere, and I was like, <laughs> and then you look at him, and you go, he looks like Kurt Russell. Exactly. He does, now yeah. that you see that. <laughs> that's funny. Now I can make the connection. When I first saw him, I was like, whoa, that's Casey Neistat with the cowl of Captain America. Casey Neistat, obviously a very famous YouTuber. If, if you're on YouTube at all, I'm pretty sure you've heard of Casey Neistat at this point. But uh, he confirmed on Twitter that it was not him. I was like, well, I guess it's somebody else now. And then, you know, he, it was revealed that it was him. I love that artwork, though, that I think you guys shared the of uh, Carl from Up. With, it looks yes. exactly like it. It's, it's <laughs> so amazing. Funny. That was amazing. Go to the Instagram if you have not saw that for Packeteers. It is so good, Hazen. That was amazing. Yeah, uh, I was pretty happy. I found the original artist and uh, I sent him a message. I was like, dude, this is like one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Do you mind if we repost it? He's like, no, by all means, please share it. And, uh, you know, so shout out because it was a fantastic piece. Mm-hmm. But Spot on. you're right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. He does have a really complicated storyline, and he reminds me a lot of Killmonger. Like, Killmonger had that similar storyline where he felt, like, violated in some way in his life, and he felt that what he was doing was for good, right? And in his mind, it just doesn't compute that he was doing something bad. And in this case, like, the way things go down... You know, when he questions it, I'm thinking to myself, well, it's called roid rage, my friend. (laughs) You had super serum, you know, and uh, uh, spoiler alert, I guess I should have said, oh, man, if you haven't seen the episode, I'm sorry. I think I just spoiled like a big piece of that episode. I'm going to leave it in the episode. Well, now it's out there so we can talk about (laughs) it. Now it's out there. Yeah. (laughs) It's safe to go there. Did I miss? I don't remember him taking it, but then Julia Louis-Dreyfus character is like, you took the serum. That was a good thing you did. I must yeah, have missed it's, Yeah, it's like it an the, assumption because yeah. he yeah. finds that last vial and then he talks to his, at that time, his partner uh, saying, you know, what would you do? And then all of a sudden he comes back and he throws the shield into the wall. Mm-hmm. And it's a pretty okay. like, good indication. big yeah. scene because like, they slow it down and it really brings you back with that tie to the shield and the wall. I and must have yeah, glanced at something because she... You don't physically see him <laughs> take yeah. it, though. No, You're but exactly I just right. must have not yeah. realized it. And she said it, and I was like, oh, that makes sense because they were doing that whole fight between the three of them. And I was like, how did this little glass vial not break in his pocket the whole time? <laughs> uh, <laughs> good point. 
Uh, it's made of special glass it's that never breaks. Vibranium like glass. There you go. Yes. Right. Yes. Vibranium glass. Right. Yeah. I. Um, it's interesting that they're bringing Val into the story because uh, Val has an interesting past on her. You know herself. She was a former Shield agent. You know she worked uh, also for Hydra. She was a, a double agent and. Uh, the interesting part of the story is that I think at one point she hooks up with Nick Fury and they work together for a whole bunch of stuff. And I feel like this is now setting up, uh, what's the Nick Fury show secret invasion that's coming to Disney plus. I don't know. Is that what it is? Secret. They announced what? 150 different Marvel shows when they announced those. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's one of the 17 dozen shows that are coming. But I think Secret Invasion is the one that focuses on Nick Fury and the thing that he's been doing. You're right. And we kind of see that. Um, what what was the last film? Or in um, uh, You're was it correct. in WandaVision? Secret Invasion. When they were in the theater, mm-hmm. and they're like, "My boss wants to see you," and they're like, "Oh, when when they take oh, Monica Rambo into the theater." That's the segue. Okay. Yeah. So I'm thinking that Monica is also connected to Secret Invasion. And then now John Walker is going to be somehow groomed into being a part of that storyline as well because, you know, the U.S. doesn't want him as Captain America anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, I'm going to have to put, like, in the intro that I'm spoiling so much of this episode. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to have to warn people. But, uh, yeah, if if this is how they're tying those those other shows that are coming – it's exactly what they did with the MCU for the last 11 years, yes. right? So I'm so psyched that they're, we're getting these inklings of the universe and how it's going to continue to spread. So yes, 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 take my money. Take my money now! <laughs> uh, speaking of taking my money now, I got to ask. There's been a, a lot of posts, a lot of stuff going on about Taste of Disney have I, I think, Larry, you had a chance to taste some of the food, right? Did you guys go to that? Yes, I went to a Touch of Disney um, on April Oh, 10th. Touch of Disney, that's right. That's Don't right. say it. I keep they're calling gonna, it they're Taste. Gonna, they're going to come a out. Taste of, <laughs> a taste of Universal, <laughs> Touch of Disney. It's, it, it, you know, there is this moment when we all thought, I know all Disney fans probably thought, well, they've been doing it for a hot minute. Why is Disney lagging on it? Come on, pick it up. So why wouldn't we all think we've kind of they've made the trend of this, right? And it's yeah. interesting because if you think about it, Knott's been doing that for a while. Um, but they always had the wine and food festival around this time. So I think they'd have a little bit of a groove with doing food festivals, but you know, and their benefit of the doubt as before pre pandemic. So right. uh, yes, to get back to the event, getting in there, uh, getting the tickets, we're at, we don't have to cover that. It was a little bit of a far back time, but that was a mass, you know, website overload, and some people were able to get them. I was lucky enough to have yeah. a friend that got through for me that was able to get the tickets on my behalf through, you know, my wife purchased them with her. That's how we worked out right getting on. the tickets. So that was nice. a lucky benefit, a friend of a friend that works out right. But the actual mm-hmm. event, things that I tried, um, I, we, a lot of it, the key parts, I'll take benefits here and positive benefits. It felt like they're trying to work through what will come forward in the park here opening scene, as you mentioned earlier, a little more teaser towards that. And what I mean by that, you know, mobile ordering, food uh, available for you at portions that are like a tasting event as well as giving you a different experience in the park and also being you know, physically distant as best as possible and everybody wearing a mask. And the other part of it is you kind of felt like a beta for some of these things because this is their first run through. Mm. One yeah, of the yeah, key yeah. things that uh, for me, which I liked at these booths, if you were able to order food first is you mobile ordered. So you ordered it through your phone. So you got to go through the Disneyland app. Make sure you have, you know, some a payment. And if you were using, which they offered a $25 food gift certificate or gift card, basically, through Disney, which you could use for that event or you could use for the future, you could have loaded that to your Disney app as well to pay. Um, what we did is we kept that separate. We were like, we want to see if we could just use what payment methods we had. 
and these food items, I don't think all of them were eligible for um, the if you were a, a legacy pass holder. So that's another thing too. Some things I oh, believe. Interesting. If you, I felt like some things. If you hit a plateau of like, because I remember back in the day there was like a ten dollar minimum or something like that. I don't know if that was still being applied here because I could see later on after I, you know, won the smorgasbord of eating. <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't an issue at that point. That I could see that that went through. But the mobile ordering, which was cool, is different before. Is there used to be like one line for mobile ordering and then like a walk-up. Well, there was no walk-up for these booths that were there. They only had two lines that were dedicated to mobile ordering. And you got kind of a, a notification first. We're going to be preparing your order. Then next, you got in one of those lines. They both meant the same place, but they were just kind of delegating you to make sure everyone kind of had good distance and there wasn't like an overlog of people. So that was very well done. I thought that was a good job. And they always had someone there. And one key little thing I hope the part picks up on is that some people, they were all wearing masks uh, that were were doing the food handling and giving us the food. Some of the cast members were, uh, had a mask, but they had, I don't know if you guys ever see the tours before at Disney where they would use those like, microphone packets on the side and they would like project oh, yeah. right yeah what mm-hmm. i really liked you know it's kind of a loud environment they would put that mic inside of their mask but they still have their mask and you could hear them talking better through this the device they used to use nice. so it was like a little better projection because you know sometimes it's loud the mask gets a little muffled that was cool mm-hmm, yeah. i hope they implement that in the future um when you picked up the food i myself um i, I like to partake in the Alcoholic beverages. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I started off, and it was my first time back at. I mean, just walking in, getting into like not to understate walking in and getting because I had went to Buena Vista Street, but to get past that point near Cars Land, and then closer to you know Pixar Pier, you immediately felt that feel. It was a sunny day, nice weather. Like Hazen said, we're heating up, getting sweaty, but it's a nice day in SoCal, and you're just enjoying the park feeling of being in there. That's number one can't take that away from them getting a drink i i went with a um whiskey lemonade they offered which was pretty good my wife went uh with a mule it was like a berry mule and she was like on her review she said she'd give it like a three or 2.5 mine was a honey bourbon lemonade just to be a little bit more clear of what i drank and it was really good i think that was a good honey bourbon (laughs) was her was her rating out of five or ten five so yeah. okay all it's right halfway point bad. it's not horrible. <laughs> not horrible i got worried i was like wait if that's out of 10 <laughs> yeah right that would have been bad and the other thing we got uh we got some food i got some sliders at the um food at cluck a doodle moo that was the booth <laughs> and <laughs> when i said sliders i made the mistake it was one slider at 850 so Ooh. that right there Whoa. was like oof that was yeah. So I don't know. Maybe your guys' <laughs> thoughts. It's a. It was a chimichurri and pickled onions, grilled beef tenderloin slider. One. So that was kind of like a. Ooh, okay. You know, you want to eat something, so that worked out. My wife got the chicken gumbo, which we were planning ooh. to share these two things. We did as best as we could, but you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I'm, the, I'm like on the uh, bigger guy side. <laughs> yeah. The sharing wasn't as great. The chicken gumbo was pretty good. Um, I would say once again, on the five scale, 3.5 and the slider four out of five, nothing of five because they weren't as warm as I'd like hot. I know they they prepare them. They get them there as best they can be doing. Right yeah. Now. That's just all they can do. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we were still kind of thirsty. So we went with a wine flight they offered, which this is, I mean, it, I'm not, you know, it was really good. The wines they offered were mimosa style. I think it was like it's like a road trip. So it had like a blue one that was made with like curacao, and then they had, um, oh wait, say it was champagne. My apologies, I not wine, but it was a champagne kind of rollout, and they all were very good. They all had like a sweet champagne taste to them, and they offered. We also got a cheese platter, which was really good. Those things turned out. That's what we got. Our niece came with us. She got a couple of things from like uh, booths as well, like cheese, uh, mac and cheese. Uh, they offered, which is pretty good. Overall, the ambiance filling. They kept playing this music that uh, wasn't the original Disney California Adventure music. It was like special songs that you'd heard before, but they may have had a different twist on them. For example, 
Yeah, they had a friend like me. You may have heard the version, I don't know, before, but they had the one that Neo sings. Uh, I believe that's... Yeah. So he sings that version. They had that one. And then they had other songs where they had a version of it, but it was sang in a different language. So nice. uh, I believe songs from like oh, Mulan and stuff like that. They did play that the whole time. And I would say, I wish I would have got to get some of the old park music because I didn't miss that. But I think that was a part of the Touch of Disney event. They were trying to do that. So... That's that's a summary of basically all I went through. I mean, it was from 12 to 8, and I was there the whole time. And parking was um, uh, included. So that was pretty cool, too. Yeah, Nice. That's cool, man. Yeah. It's funny that you mentioned the one slider. You're actually not the first person that I've heard talk about that and just the portions in general. But I kind of think back. Like, my wife and I would love going to the food and wine festivals, right? And we would always take advantage of getting the lanyard with the little tabs because when you started calculating the amount of money that you would spend per tab per Mm -hmm. uh, redemption for food, it usually averaged out to about $6 per plate that you were getting because of the AP discount. So now we're obviously not – you know, we're feeling it a little bit more. I shouldn't say we. I'm like clumping myself into your experience now. (laughs) But, you know, you feel that I think a little bit more. Because you don't have that AP discount. You don't have the little tabs to mask the fact that you're paying that (laughs) amount of money for one slider. But, I mean, it's on par with what they've charged before, right? It's just a different type of experience on how you're paying for it versus the tab structure that they had before. Limiting the amount of contact you have with people. You know, doing everything virtually. Uh, And I, I haven't talked to other people about how their experience was with like uh taste of knots and stuff like that but you know disney's doing what they can right it's Mm -hmm. a, a, a different twist on something that they've done totally different in the past obviously you know i think maybe they lagged on it because they were trying to check out the other ones and trying to figure out what they were doing wrong so that they could make it better. Mm -hmm. Because let's face it, the amount of people that can walk into California Adventure or Disneyland for something like this is far larger than the amount of people that walk into Knott's Berry Farm. You know, so obviously they want to try to keep as many people safe. They want to keep the cast members as safe as possible. So there's going to be hiccups, right? We can imagine that, you know, you're going to run into things here and there, but, you know, they're going to be ironed out at some point. You just have to, I hate to say it, but you're going to have to roll with the punches a little bit. You know, you have to, like you said, you're kind of in beta, right? You got to take one for the team a little bit and then deal with those situations as they come. But I'm glad that you guys had some good food. I miss being in the park. Uh, I definitely hope that in the next few months i will feel okay enough to be able to say hey i'm ready we can you know go to the park let's do this uh because you're right just even hearing the music stepping through the turnstiles and just soaking that in you know i i miss it man i i do with all my heart i miss that um but I, i mean i honestly it was really difficult for me watching people get tickets and get reservations for the upcoming dates that the park is opening, uh, which let's talk about that because I think you also uh, got reservations, right? To go to the park once it reopens to exactly. Disneyland. Yeah, I was, uh, okay. I de- definitely went, try to jump into that one as well. <laughs> right. Uh, and then Andrew, did you try it as well? Not at all. I, we, okay. yeah, my wife's got school and work and stuff. So we're going to, you know, luckily there's still stuff available, but we're still just going to wait and see what happens with the, you know, the reservation system and how those things run out, you know, play okay. out before we start right going on. again as well. Right on. Because I, I think Mel and I are on the same boat, right? We're being a little bit more cautious. Uh, I, you know, have my reasons as to why I'm I'm trying to stay back a little bit longer. But yeah, uh, it was difficult for me to watch. You know, people making their reservations because I'm like, man, I could have been a contender <laughs> and I, I I couldn't all at the same time. Right. So uh, I had to remove myself from social media for a day or two to kind of let, 
you know, it passed a little bit. There was a lot of people that were able to get tickets that I was super happy for because, you know, I, I know how they're feeling, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, I think the biggest benefit that we're seeing from all of this is so many cast members suffered for so long and they're getting a chance to go back to work. You know, uh, obviously it's not the conditions that we knew before the pandemic obviously things are different but hey the fact that little by little more and more cast members are coming back they're getting their mm -hmm. calls hey this is your date uh it it feels good to know that suffering is going to stop in so many ways you know going forward you know la county uh this last week that we're recording this recorded one of its lowest uh, numbers since the pandemic began. I think in all of California, it was reported that uh, just about 500 ER beds were taken up by COVID patients, which is kind of unheard of, you know, since the pandemic began. And that's fantastic. We're still not in a favorable color, per se, but we're yeah. getting there. You know, and as long as people keep getting vaccinated, as long as people keep following the rules, you keep wearing your mask and you keep protecting yourself uh, to to protect others, really. You know, we, we talk about that Disney magic. We talk about how, you know, we love to be there for one another. This is the best way to do it. You know, wear your mask, have respect for other people and be safe when you're out there, you know, because the more people do that, the, the faster things are going to open up. You know, exactly. we're starting yeah. to see that trend starting to develop. So uh, what was your experience like? Because I know that some people, it was super smooth sailing and other people were like, I was on here for 72 hours. And uh, that mind train is now haunting my dreams. Yeah, I, I saw that, too. I was uh, a part of it. I wasn't getting on the social media. I did a little of my research in days before to see what it was. And just to harp, you know, to continue on with what the theme of you're saying, me and my wife are vaccinated. And the date, to give a little bit of clarity, we were looking at the tickets right now. Uh, 154 for a single park, I think, is where you would go if you wanted pretty much any day, including the first day. That was not what I was looking for. I was looking for the lowest cost day which uh, was the tier two. They don't have tier one available. So that's about 114 for a single park. And it worked out that June 1st, which is my birthday, everybody. Just nice. <laughs> that was the day I was shooting for, which is far from now. But I had a feeling I was worried about availability because I could see just online the demand of people, you know, the, the, the chatter online and thinking this could be like touch of Disney because we had just went through that experience of buying those tickets. So I thought, well, this if I've got the opportunity to try and get a lower costing ticket, even if it's a little bit further out, I'm going to go forward with it. And first thing what I did was I did my best research as I could, but I knew there was going to be a reservation system. But what I didn't know was that it was two separate. It was separate from the ticket system. Sort of they go together, but there's two different layers. So the first thing in the morning, oh. yeah, I just had my phone ready and I turned it off my Wi-Fi because I wanted a separate thing. So I turned it off the Wi-Fi and I jumped into the reservation room. That's the first thing I did. It was already, it wasn't a queue, but there was a pop-up window that told me, please wait, we'll be opening the queue soon. And from what I'd known from Disneyland Post, 8 a.m. was about the window, but I just jumped in there at 6 to see what would be there. And I left the phone there as is. Logged on to my Ethernet connected computer about 7-ish with the you know internet connected and i got the same window and that time is when i realized it's telling me to buy tickets still and i go oh so i hmm. put tickets on that computer i went to the ticket option and that was in a waiting room as well already but it wasn't open it just said waiting room will be open soon so then about 8 a.m both of those screens refreshed my mobile phone and my computer and said you are in a waiting room for more than an hour wait <laughs> let's fast forward so about 10 30 it continued to say that I, I didn't get no updates but i was seeing people like you hazen oh. were saying yeah that there were they were in so i'm all like whoa is there something wrong with my internet but if i know one thing like from past experience do not refresh 
That's like the uh-huh. theme of this story. <laughs> Do not refuse. Yeah. Just leave it. <laughs> I don't know about you guys. If you ever done any kind of like, it was funny seeing online. Mm-hmm. I guess a funny joke to go outside. I saw a lot of people referencing Comic Con tickets to this same thing. Like I don't know <laughs> if anyone had went through that before. <laughs> But this I was like D23, 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 right. D23 yeah. Galaxy's Edge, all the, exactly. you know, uh-huh. right. <laughs> yeah, the those, and mm-hmm. I, I, and the waiting window, just for a personal joke for myself, uh, it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was the Thunder Mountain picture with the goat holding the, uh, uh, sorry, dynamite? the dynamite, yes, <laughs> and it had the bones, the dinosaur fossil bones, and I kept thinking, I'm like waiting in that line and i'll be that fossil bone as that goat in disneyland <laughs> laughing at me you know the dynamite right but anyway, that was my own thing waiting there just with anticipation and then about 11 the both of my f- things updated and said um you have still about an hour wait on my computer but my phone went down to 45 minutes and i was like all right sweet but i started wondering like how am i gonna buy tickets to get them for the reservation because then i'm kind of is that gonna let me do that 10 minutes later, so I'm getting to 30 minutes out, the, both screens go to recalculating wait time. They, they just, nothing, they just said recalculate. And I was like, what the heck happened? So then I go Dang. back to the social media and check what's going on. The website had crashed. And the worst, I feel bad for some people out there, um, they were there and they had bought their tickets and in the process of trying to make a reservation, it crashed on them. They had mentioned it through twitter or instagram yeah i didn't fall see anyone else from what i could tell i hope there's no one out there from what i could tell those people were able later on there's a good end of the story they were able i believe as long as they didn't refresh there was some bad bad persons out there putting refresh your page refresh your page trying to get them out of line i think and that was terrible you know right that don't do that yeah but the people that didn't refresh were able to get those tickets later i could from what i could see they'd write back saying like just stay where you're at they're having problems the website from what i hear too it was causing issues with walt disney world's ticketing website people were even seeing issues with their servers because they were having so much uh uh, traffic they were having to use a new their servers at their tickets uh, for their website so then about, I don't know, an hour and a half or hour or so later, I started seeing, thanks to the FGP squad, there were some people out there in our Discord that were mentioning, mm-hmm. as Hazen was talking about, I might have seen some things. <laughs> Thank you guys. Shout out to you. Putting out, like, I was able to get tickets, and these dates are still available. So I was feeling pretty confident that June 1st, which is a Tuesday, was still going to be out there. And it's not like, let's be real, Avengers Campus, as we've all heard, is opening that weekend after, and I was feeling yeah, like a lot of people fourth. were going, or the fourth, excuse me, that weekend. Yeah. I felt like more people were going to go there. So yeah. I took the risk, to be honest, I was just trying to get tickets of buying the tickets first. So I was able to get on the website, not the reservation system. I bought tickets first and took the risk of having tier two tickets, but no reservation because I was wondering how long this was going to take. I put them on my Disneyland account and then about 30 minutes later, so now we're like two hours of crash website time. It refreshed on my phone and said I had like 30 minutes left. And that's when I was like, oh, God, like like nobody bothered me. But I'm at the same time, I'm still like, let's be real. I'm still yeah. working. <laughs> right. I'm working yeah. during this. And I've it's like there. in the back. Yeah, right? Let's, I've uh, been there. <laughs> I've been there. And I'm like freaking out throughout the day. Luckily, um, it worked out in a, in a way to where I – got through the reservation system, got in, and those tickets did have enough time to be associated with my account. Um, and then I was able to make the June 1st reservation. So I'm good to get the tickets there. That was the good thing. Was it a little bit of experience? Like for people that tried it, I hear a lot more horror stories on the other side. I felt like I was in the middle. And I wonder, another thing I want to mention about Touch of Disney, when I drove into the parking lot of the Mickey and Friends, that's where their parking is at, one of the things I caught really quickly that kind of gave me a little red flag, um, the person in front of me had plates from Washington. And I know if any, like we've been talking huh. about just right now, California's been really strict about who they're allowing in the park, and we all have to do our part. I don't know what the process was to to make sure these people are from California buying the tickets. And I hope there's some point that they're verified, because I would hate for somebody out of state to have gotten tickets that really shouldn't be getting them because they should be going to California residents yeah. as of right now that's the one thing i worry about when i looked at the overall process like standing back but 
I'm happy to say I was able to get it. Thanks, FGP Squad, for a little bit of insight. And thank you also for letting me know there is a, which I found out later on the end, there is a, a site you can check what's available, as Andrew just mentioned a little bit earlier. Now you can check to see what's available. I have it up now. June right. 1st is still open for uh, DCA as a starting park. So <laughs> right. if anybody right wants on. to join Larry, they can uh, join nice. him on June 1st. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was interesting uh, trying to catch up with a lot of what was going on during that period because, like I said, uh, I didn't want to be tempted to try to right. jump on because uh, I, like I said, I really want to go back and crossing my fingers, everything goes well. I'm aiming for Disneyland's birthday, right, mm. or around that time frame. Like if everything works out. July is when I think I'll finally be able to go back to the park and I'll be okay and comfortable and, you know, pretty much, you know, just go through the regular process of wearing a mask and everything. But, um, yeah, I, (laughs) it's interesting whenever they do these types of virtual cues, right? And I feel that every time that they do it, they learn a little bit more about the experience and they try to make it a little bit better. If, uh, you refreshed your page I'm wondering if they learned from the Galaxy's Edge experience and they didn't base it on a browser cookie, but instead they based it on like browser and IP IP address address. or Mac address so that there was a little more information to tie it to you so people couldn't sneak in front of the line. Like you said, you know, don't refresh the screen because in situations like that, if I ever feel that there's something wrong, I always open like an incognito window to the same yeah. website and I refresh that one so it doesn't ruin my active cookie. Mm-hmm. And usually that's kind of how I have an idea if things are broken or not broken and I should you know, do something to proceed. But in this case, if the, the people that seem to have gotten the tickets were still technically in line for a reservation, they may have learned a few things from Galaxy's Edge and they may have implemented it this time around because, I, I again, I didn't see anything, but, again, I wasn't really – this sounds bad. I wasn't really paying attention to it mm-hmm. as much because I knew that I was going to be tempted. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I'm glad that you were able to get a date. I'm, I'm happy, especially for your birthday, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Avengers out. Campus opening was – a dream of mine to be there when it opened so much since the announcement of it. And then it got pushed and then, you know, we are where we are, but it, you know what? Avengers campus is going to be there forever. Exactly. Uh, am I going to mm-hmm. miss out? Am I going to miss out on the commemorative opening day weekend stuff? Hopefully somebody that goes can get it for me. I mean, I have the opening of cars land <laughs> stuff. I have some of the opening of galaxy's edge stuff and uh, hopefully somebody will, you know, I'll I'll Venmo you, I'll PayPal you, whatever yeah, you want. Out. But I'll, um, yeah, uh, I'm glad. Like you said, uh, FGP Squad member Albert had gone through the process as well, and I think he's going. When did he say Mel? In May or uh, June? May third. May third. May third. Yeah. So May his 3rd, is yeah. a little earlier than yours is, but uh, I think he had a fairly similar experience to yours. But hey, you know what? The return to the park is something that we've all been looking forward to. And mm-hmm. that's what that's where we are. Right. Yeah. To so, even talk yeah. about it. Right. That's kind of the bigger thing. Yeah. Just to be here and that finally knowing that it's like a real thing. I remember the first text I sent to my wife. It's going to sound real corny, but I sent her a screenshot of the reservation. I said, we're going back home. And then, <laughs> that's the first thing I thought, because, you know, I mean, it's it's like we're all feeling the same thing. I, and I totally agree with anybody like. I kind of being June first cost effectiveness a little bit because I'm not an annual pass holder now. Second is that I kind of want to let them work out the kinks after what I just saw with Touch at Disney, like you've been mentioning. Yeah. Work out the kinks, and maybe at that time things might even be better. Like you know what I mean? Where we're at right now, mm-hmm. we're doing pretty good. Let's hopefully that trend continues. That was kind of my hopes too. We might be even in a better position then, and I get more of an experience. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing how things go for you. Uh, I, I'm going to live vicariously through you. Uh, and that moment that you walk in, you know, and feel that magic, you walk under. God damn. Ah, I know. <laughs> 
We'll see. Hey, if anything, I'm happy to go live that day. You know, I'm happy to share it with everyone else too. That's the thing. I, I know it's more about your experience for anyone that's listening and all you guys here with uh, doing the podcast with me. It'll be your own when you go, and I can't wait for you guys for that. But I'm happy to share the one I have when I go. I need to compose myself for a little bit. So, uh, Andrew, I want to toss it over to you for a second because sure, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know while we were. You know, while we were doing the SEA series, uh, there was a big announcement about Disneyland Forward, some plans about expanding in Anaheim. Uh, this has been something that has been talked about in the past. You know, up to 10 years ago, there was plans uh, when they were first talking about creating Westcott. You know, that was obvious, which never made sense to me, that name, by the way, because Epcot was an acronym for something. And Westcott is just like, it's West Coast Epcot. It's like, it doesn't work like that, guys. <laughs> but whatever, that's conversation for another day um but yeah you know we heard uh back in 2017 i think it was we heard about the original expansion of the disneyland hotel they were gonna just kind of make that area in downtown disney nicer bigger better and then those plans fell through now disneyland forward gets announced tell us a little bit about that andrew um disneyland forward um i'm sure a lot of people have seen it it's kind of not kind of, it's very confusing to kind of figure out what's going on here. And what it really is, is just a proposal to the city. That's all. It's not really an announcement of we're having a this and a that in this park. It's a proposal to the city. They're looking to uh, reallocate land. They're looking to change up. Uh, uh, zoning in different areas to allow for these expansions because right now certain plots of land are only for parking certain plots of land are only for theme parks and only for hotels and they want to be able to use these plots of land uh however they see fit and that's the proposal they're putting forward is hey wouldn't it be great if we could do this but hey city we need you to uh to help us out on that one so um there's some great info on the uh, Disneyland Forward website, which is DisneylandForward.com. Um, How convenient. Yeah, very convenient. <laughs> uh, so take a peek if you want to follow along. But uh, there's um, there's a great uh, overhead uh, map drawing kind of showing what the plans are. Um, making a notable appearance is the um, the earlier proposed parking structure. Um, with right. the sky bridge yeah. um, over harbor mm-hmm. um, and supposedly that the talks are that that would be more uh, what the harbor businesses want instead of you know a staircase leading down to harbor access to harbor boulevard so those businesses are still getting some foot traffic because their big worry was we're all these people that leave through the the bus side you know walking out that way to the hotels over there people would stop and eat and all that kind of stuff well they're thinking these people aren't going to go because they're just going to walk over the sky bridge over to the new parking garage so uh that's on the plans um but the biggest things are um the california adventure and disneyland expansion pads which are um the california adventure one is basically in the was it the simba parking lot um the one that's by paradise pier where you park for um if you go to downtown disney right now um and all around the paradise pier hotel that would be become that would become the expansion for california adventure and they show in the artwork they show a lot of water some kind of mountain volcano something that looks kind of cool lots of water but it'd be really neat to see this because your um hotel room becomes a park room view uh (laughs) if this is built both for the disneyland hotel and the paradise pier hotel um and in the artwork it seems that the entrance would come somewhere in paradise pier that's where the you would be able to get in to that expansion and then the disneyland one which would be around the disneyland hotel um and basically anywhere between the Disneyland hotel and um, kind of the Pixar pier 
uh, or sorry, not Pixar Pier, <laughs> the <laughs> Pixar Pals parking structure. Um, up in there is where they would be using, um, they would be putting this plot of land, and it's kind of hard to tell where you would access this point in Disneyland proper. A lot of guesses and you know hunches people have would be through Critter Country, what is now Critter Country. Who knows what's going to happen in the future? But um, kind yeah, of that's true. Uh, getting through, blowing out that Winnie the Pooh shop or something, going along there, right. going under the road, mm-hmm. going over the road. Who knows? But um, that would be the expansion uh, from Disneyland. And they kind of give you a lot of what ifs. What yeah, if we could bring you summary. on the website? It's like, what if we could bring you Jock Lindsay's hangar bar? What if we could bring you Zootopia Land? What if we could bring you Toy Story Land or the Tron Coaster or a Tangled Land or, you know, all these other lands that they've announced for for Shanghai and Tokyo and all the overseas parks? Um, they're saying, look at all this great stuff we're doing here in these other parks. Wouldn't it be great if we could do it here? And I 100% agree it would be great <laughs> if we could do it here. <laughs> yeah. um, so um, they also have a proposal for um, a shopping dining complex that is separate from uh, downtown Disney. And that would be over in the current um, cast member parking lot uh, by the Toy Story parking lot. Um, and that one seem seems like there would be a hotel and it would be more of more Disney Springs style with the more bars and higher end restaurants and stuff like that. Um, and maybe some higher end shopping. Um, nice. so that's, that's kind of the, the big points that are in this, um, downtown Disney would kind of have some sort of expansion and um, this would be a first for Disneyland Park. You would have a second entrance. Both parks would have two new ent- uh, a new entrance each from this new esplanade that's between that's nearish uh, the Disneyland Hotel. You'd be able to get into this new expansion, uh, e- either park's expansion from this uh, new entrance. Yeah, yeah. I I remember when they announced this and social media went ballistic right because yeah. <laughs> uh, obviously any new plans to expand disneyland or the disneyland resort in general here in anaheim is always exciting uh mm-hmm. always going to be met with some kind of controversy obviously we saw that with galaxy's edge it's like you're ruining walt's park it's like well <laughs> walt also said it was never going to be finished so you know whatever there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, But this was interesting because it was very clear that it was a proposal, but a lot of people jumped on the bandwagon and said, we're getting an expansion. We're getting this. We're getting that. And I remember seeing those particular posts and thinking, wait, did I miss something? Did I read this (laughs) wrong? I thought they were just saying, like you said, Andrew, what if we could do this? I thought it was just a proposal. Uh, and then I went back and verified, and I thought, wait, what did we put on our Instagram post? And I was like, did I get it wrong? And then I read, <laughs> nope, expansion proposal. Okay, cool. I read it right the first time. Sweet. <laughs> uh, but, you know, all this stuff that they announced looks super exciting. I would love for them to have this opportunity. It it feels like they're kind of using the public to really push the city of Anaheim by and, asking yep, those exactly. types of questions, yeah. right? They're saying, hey, look, what if – we could do this. All you have to do is put some pressure on your city. And Mm -hmm. in a way, (laughs) I kind of feel like they don't have to work so hard because after a year plus of losing so much revenue, the Disneyland resort is such a huge chunk of the ecosystem that is Anaheim itself that they need to start trying to find ways to make that up. Right. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, doing construction is going to make it a little bit more difficult in some areas, but think of how many construction workers, think of how many union workers are going to be getting work for these particular jobs. Think of how many jobs it's going to open up for the new hotels, for the new shops, for everything else that's coming, all the new cast members that would be hired you know, when they create an actual plan for something like this. 
And who knows, they may already have something like this scheduled. They may already have it all worked out. And this is just their way of trying to be sly about it and saying, (laughs) hey, what if? And then five years from now, it's like, here's the first part of the expansion. Surprise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) definitely exciting. I will comment on the fact that when they started talking about bringing other experiences from other parks, I've had I've had difficulty with this particular question because do I want attractions from other parks that I don't see myself flying to in the future anytime soon at least to be available to me here? Absolutely. But do I want the parks to be different enough that it makes it worthwhile to go to the other parks? Yeah. Yes. And bringing (laughs) those experiences from other parks, just creating a carbon copy almost takes, I I don't know. You see where I'm kind of struggling with this? Because obviously the other parks are the other parks. Like Tokyo Disney Sea is so unique that, yeah, I still want to go. But do I want a carbon copy of something that already exists there here? Probably not. I want a different experience. And now knowing how the SCA is playing a bigger part in the Disney bubble, expand like on that. Expand that universe. Don't yeah. bar again. Give me something different. <laughs> give me Sala's yeah. bar, dang it. Right? right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, your thoughts on that? Like, is uh, am I alone in this? No, no, no. I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's great to... To see all these great innovations, innovations, innovations. <laughs> but, um, you know, I'd love to be able to drive to Disneyland and ride Mystic Manor. You know, I would do it, you know, in a heartbeat. But they, and that's one of the, I don't know, that's my, like, top thing that I'm missing here is, is I really want to see that. They did such a great job with it on just original story, original this, that's, that's the one thing I'm, you know, a lot of this stuff is lacking. It's all IP based. There's, they're not letting, you know, the Imagineers kind of come up with ideas of, you know, new IP for the park specifically. But wouldn't it be great to take the technology that is used in these attractions and build something specifically Disneyland? Mickey and Minnie's Runway Railway looks fantastic, and we're going to get one here, but it could have been cool if that was something else. You know, it's not going to be Roger Rabbit, even though I'd love it to ha- have a whole nother Roger Rabbit ride but <laughs> in Toontown, <laughs> yeah. but, um, uh, and that's not even original IP. But having using the technology that they've come up with, but making something unique to each park gives it that much more draw for people to come. In my mm-hmm. opinion. Absolutely. Anyway. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> I want to go to Shanghai. They're pirates. Oh, man. I want to see that. Have to, I <laughs> yes. have to make a trip sometime in my lifetime. I'm going to have to go. But if we could get a, just an inkling of that technology in something new, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. I would I would absolutely love it. I mean, um, I think that would be pretty cool. And... You brought up Phantom Manor, and I, I'm gonna use that Haunted Mansion. Like, there's, they're all different, and mm-hmm. it's really cool that you know you have that that exclusivity because it's mm-hmm. like everything's different. So if we were to have something, if we're gonna have to bring Tron, um, <laughs> just <laughs> yes. that. But if it could be in a different technology, then hey, that'd be fantastic. That'd be fun. Exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've seen everything, even the animatronics. Exactly. Do Pooh's Honey Hunt, Ooh. but it's somebody else. Do this ride, but it's some, you right. know, something else. It's <laughs> yeah. the same thing that makes these rides great. You know, mm-hmm. the animatronics and the story, you know, story driven and, uh, you know, ride vehicles and stuff like that. But giving it a different IP just gives it that much more desire to go see it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Pirates was a fantastic example. But then you mentioned the Haunted Mansion and the Hatbox Ghost is that other perfect example, right? Like we mm-hmm. have the Hatbox Ghost here. I I hate to say it, but I would not want to see that effect anywhere else. 100%. Right. You know, I know that it can fit into the Walt Disney World version of the mansion, but why not keep it unique? You know, mm-hmm. make it something that you want people to come see. Give them that uh, incentive 
to want to pay for airfare or for a ticket cross country or whatever the case might be. So yeah, uh, all fantastic points, all great examples. I, and, and speaking of the mansion that got a bunch of upgrades, you know, coming up (laughs) for the opening (laughs) of Disneyland as well. You know, they decided to essentially listen to the Haunted Mansion <laughs> episode of Armchair Imagineering. <laughs> and, you know, they started adding in some areas that were a little too dark. And you know what? That's fine. I mean, yeah. I'll expect a check in the mail. But, <laughs> you know, we're seeing Miss April December make a comeback. There's a lot yeah. of lighting. There's some plexiglass and stuff up. Apparently, there's a lot of other things that got upgraded along the track that they didn't talk about in the specific yeah. teaser videos that I'm itching to see. <laughs> and that, along with Avengers Campus, is one of the things that's burning me so bad about not being able to go as soon as possible. I don't know yeah. if I'm going to be able to stay off of YouTube. I'm going to have to spoil it for myself. I know. I, I feel <laughs> the same. Ugh. This is one of those times I feel the same. And I, you know, I try to put it, put it into perspective into perspective where I think as pass holders, uh, you know, we had the opportunity to go pretty much at any time that we wanted. And the closer we were to the parks, um, you know, Andrew, you probably had the most difficulty coming to the parks whenever you wanted because of your proximity to Mm -hmm. the Disneyland resort, obviously. But, you know, being able to just put everything down on a Friday night, Saturday, whatever, go eat some dinner, go eat lunch or whenever you decided, write a couple of attractions and then go home was fantastic. But there was a little bit of privilege that came along with that as well, because when you think about it, there's people that live, you know, states away that come to Disneyland once a year or once every five years, once every 10 years or whatever the case is. right? Once in a lifetime. And Once in a lifetime in some cases. Exactly. Great point. And I I had to shift my mindset into thinking like, okay, you got to stop being so spoiled about this. You know, yes, you got a chance to experience it all. But put yourself in the shoes like of people that are listening to you talk about this like, yeah, I can go whenever. And oh, wow, wow. I don't have a pass anymore. (laughs) Those people are like, welcome to our world. Right. So. I think it's a little shift in perspective. Uh, I will say that I feel that I'm uh, a lot more empathetic to people because I, as a pass holder, I I, I didn't really think about that. I just kind of went whenever it, I was aware of it, you know, because before I had passes, obviously uh, I felt the same and the cost of a ticket. We've talked about this many times before. Every time that there was a ticket increase, we would talk about how it's so much more difficult for, you know, people to go especially when it's a family of four family of five family of six and now even with the ticket increases uh the the increases and the tiered prices and on top of that the added um uh, having to do the reservation for all of those tickets as well adds that extra level of complexity that it's going to take a little bit of adjusting but hey it's going to become normal at some point. And even if we have new annual passes, whatever they can... They're coming back. Yeah, whatever they form. turn out to be. Exactly. This is our new normal, right? Because mm-hmm. Disneyland has to find a way to control the crowds in the park. And this is it. They've had a problem with overcrowding for a really long time. It's perfect. And yeah, I mean, the flex pass system was the best way for them to control it. They just didn't know how to bring it out to everybody without making so many people angry at once the pandemic did that for them and so now they're going to have so much more crowd control than they've ever had and honestly i feel that as as much of an inconvenience as it feels like it is now overall it's going to make your experience better Because then you're not going to have to worry about super long lines to get on an attraction. You're going to be able to do more stuff in the park once they're at bigger capacity. And you're going to be able to enjoy things that you probably weren't able to enjoy before for the simple reason that you don't have to be shoulder to shoulder with people that are trying to watch a show or fireworks or whatever the case is. Right. So growing Mm -hmm. pains, it's part of, you know, the experience, sadly, at this point. But I'm optimistic that over time, we're just going to get used to it, just like we Mm -hmm. did to being able to go to 
the park whenever we wanted or that first time that you couldn't get the pass you wanted and you had to go on flex pass and all of a sudden you had to make reservations you know it's all part of the experience we're all going to get used to it and man i can't wait to be back in the park <laughs> <laughs> we try to pull you away and back in you and hazen <laughs> one of these days one of these days so all right. Well, uh, any closing words before we wrap up today's episode? I can't wait to go back after talking all this stuff. <laughs> oh, it's, one day. It's it's <laughs> gonna be an experience. It's gonna be yeah. It's gonna be a homecoming when you come back. It's it's gonna be like putting on a nice comfy you know sweater that you rem- you know nice. It fits perfect, and it's gonna be it's just gonna be great to walk through those gates again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. So, if you have any comments, anything that you'd like to talk about, join us over on the Discord server. The invitation to join us is going to be in the blog post for this episode, or you can head over to podcasters.com and find an invite there. You can always reach out to us on any of our social networks. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or on Twitter. Just search for Podcasters. And on that note, thank you everyone for hanging out with us. Until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a fantastic week, everyone. Bye. See ya. Adios.